presentation. They'll see. They'll see and they'll know. And they'll say, why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. Killed him. You can't kill the boogeyman. Do you believe in UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full trance mediums, the Loch Ness Monster, and the theory of Atlantis? Uh, if there's a steady paycheck in it, I'll believe anything you say. Not in my movie. Cindy! The TV's leaking! Hi, Interstellar Tears. Welcome back to Reflections of Fear. My name is David. I'm Allison. I'm Bryce. And I'm Chris. So this week is going to be drastically different from all of our episodes. This is a kind of series that we're starting that we kind of thought about from the very beginning when we started creating the podcast and thinking of ideas. These are going there. This is going to be a series called The Schuster Files, um, in which we are going to be kind of like ARG this um where we all have different characters uh chris is our narrator throughout this all and we are going to be talking about all the icons in a very unique way we just didn't want to do like a normal just sit down and spew some facts about the icons and their story we really wanted to dive into this and make something unique and new and fun to listen to so a few disclaimers before we begin First of all, we are not affiliated with Universal. Uh, Universal owns all rights to Dr. Argana. We are just kind of using this as a fan fiction, ARG, fun thing to talk about the icons. Um, I also want to put in disclaimer that this is going to have some heavy topics. Uh, it's very gruesome in Dr. Argana's history. So if that is something that might trigger you or bother you, uh, I would suggest not listening to this episode um, and just coming back to us next week. We do appreciate you guys listening, and I hope you guys enjoy this series. It's going to be very unique, very specific, and there's going to be a lot of things happening. So, enjoy. Coming soon to Atomic Comics Volume 24, Creatures... Jim Deedle is just an everyday bar owner, but wait, this is all changed when typical creatures attack. What are these creatures? Where are they from? What do they want? Find out this and more on volume 24 of Atomic Comics! August 27th, 1958, 7.04 p.m. 
Location? Unknown. Weather? Heavy storms. Private investigator Boris Schuster leads a small team of three to put together evidence against Dr. Mary Agana. Boris sends a telegram reading. The looker sits staring, talking to herself in the mirror for hours. Stop. I don't know what I'm dealing with anymore. Stop. Scheduled a face-to-face with her for the 27th. Stop. The way her visitors have been disappearing, I may not make it out myself. Stop. If I don't, it's up to you. B.S. The small team consists of Detective Alexandra Decker, Detective Lee Hart, and Detective Eric Coleman. Detective Decker has been left as the lead of this case by Boris. The time is now 7.06 p.m. There are the tapes recovered by the collective. August 27, 1958. The time is 7.06. This is case file 18 for an M. Agana. My name is Eric Coleman. I'm here with Detective Alexandra Decker and Detective Lee Hart. Let us begin. Our suspect is Dr. Mary Agana. Dr. Agana has been accused of kidnapping and possible murder. Let us start at the beginning. Dr. Agana's grandmother was Mary Worthington, a school teacher in Cary, Ohio. Ms. Worthington passed away, or disappeared, depending on who you ask, on August 27, 1908, after a Halloween prank. This prank was orchestrated by the school handyman, Aldridge Kesterton. Body was never found. Miss Worthington had a daughter, Marie W. Agana. Marie is Dr. Agana's mother, who had seemingly passed away on June 20th of this year. From the legal paperwork we possess, Maria left Dr. Regana with Miss Worthington's several silver heirlooms, which included jewelry and a music box. It seems as though Dr. Regana had received a letter denying funding to a research project on June 25, 1958. Dr. Regana bypassed the National Association of Mental Health and created her own facility called Living Fearlessly, Specialized Treatments for Fear-Based Ailments. From files pulled on the workers, it seems as though Dr. Regana hired ex-convicts and disturbed patients. We were able to obtain a list of patients' initials from Boris. The patients' initials are as such, E-H-V-S-C-M-J-D-D-B-T-K and C-K. The only patient that Boris was able to figure out was C-M, being one Charlie McPherson. Boris also had a series of journal entries from Dr. Regana that seemingly should match up with each initial. Each of us have taken initials and worked on them. Eric, why don't you start off with your patience? I took initials EH, JD, and DB. Having gone through each journal entry, it seemingly would match that EH would be Eileen Harrell. The journal entry stated that the patient was a female and co-owned an advertising agency. From my walks downtown, I came across the window of an advertising agency with the name Eileen Harrell. I wrote down the name and went to research to find out that Miss Harrell is the daughter of a Grimm's fairy tale storyteller which matches up with more information from the journal. It seems that Ms. Harrell suffers from mythophobia, in particular, the headless horseman. Ms. Harrell met with Dr. Agana on July 10, 1958, and was exposed to a physical form of the headless horseman, which I can only guess was decapitated heads. I was able to find through the other files we obtained through Dr. Agana's facility, Ms. Harrell has been hospitalized in a private facility. On to our next initial, J.D. On the paper Boris left us with initials, it says Samish's nephew. There's only one Samish I know in this town, and that's Peter Samish with the gun supply wholesale. I went down the family line. Apparently, Peter Samish married Carla Deedle, sister of Jim Deedle. Jim Deedle had a son named Johnny Deedle, but why he went to Agana on July 30th did not add up. 
Johnny was only in high school. What fears would he have? Well, I went and talked to Peter himself. Apparently, Johnny read some comic named Creatures, which just so happened to be illustrated by Miss Harrell. Finding the comic myself, it's about a gym deedle dying from a tentacle creature in his bar. Johnny began to fear that they were creatures underneath his bed, coming to kill him, maybe like his father. Now, Dr. Ghana states that he has megalophobia and herpetophobia. Megalophobia is the fear of large things, and herpetophobia is the fear of reptiles, specifically snakes and lizards. Dr. Ghana once again seemed to expose the patient to their fears, and due to the journal, it had no specifics this time around. All I originally knew was that Johnny was so scared he'd stop breathing. That was until I tamed this little tape. Ten, nine, eight. Your body is in a deep sleep. Seven, six. By number four, you will begin to wake. Five, four. On number two, you will begin to feel your current circumstance. Three, two. The creature has itself wrapped around you. You feel it tighten its grip. One. You now realize there is only one way out, and that's just one step. You'll be free from this fear and this creature with just one step. Hmm. Fear terminated. Sounds like Dr. Agana wrapped Johnny in a rope in order to make him feel as though the tentacle creature was strangling him. She thus murdered this high school boy by hanging him. On to my last initial, DB. At first, this was the hardest initial on my list. I kept trying to find anything that could possibly link, but nothing. It wasn't until I went through some of Boris's notes that I figured it out. Boris wrote, Two more plugs have gone missing, some pimple-faced kid and the canary with great gans. So looking at Dr. Ghana's journal, I found that that next appointment was August 8th. This journal entry talks about the patient being a drama voice coach, and that's where it clicked. Decker, remember when you was young and you had that voice coach your mom took you to? Diane Bennett. Diane had a fear of poetry and sonnets, as well as fear of books, specifically to fairy tales. Based off of Dr. Ghana's tapes, it would seem that Miss Bennett was sat in the middle of some patients from a state facility who read tales to her. There was a safe word that we now know was Mary, but when Miss Bennett said the safe word, the patients attacked and killed her. Miss Bennett was the one who hired Boris to investigate and find out if her husband had been untrue. Charlie McPherson was hired as a photographer for this case. Decker, I think you have some more information on him. The Schuster Files will return momentarily after this short message. Is your fear keeping you awake? Are you not able to get through the day? Is it keeping you from living your best life? Well, boy, do we have a solution for you. Dr. Mary Adama is here to help. Come visit Living Fearlessly, your one-stop shop for all your fears. We promise you'll never have to live with your fears again. Call 1-800-NO-TO-FEAR. That's 1-800-662-FEAR. And now, we return to this week's episode of The Schuster Files. We continue to initials CM and TK. CM was already solved pretty easily by Boris himself. Charlie McPherson, whose disappearance started this investigation. McPherson was originally hired by Boris to take pictures of Miss Bennett's husband's case. From Dr. Regana's journal, it would seem that McPherson suffers from nyctophobia and claustrophobia. 
He had his appointment on July 22nd, the same day he disappeared. Dr. Agana states that McPherson had a high heart rate and was very vocally aggressive. From the tapes, I've discovered that Dr. Agana placed him in a coffin-like box in the complete darkness with the sound of flashbulbs going off. McPherson had the option to lift the lid and get out of the box to face his fears or die via suffocation. He chose the latter. This would be Dr. Agana's first dead patient. TK would come with a little more research and work. I tried to match files with names, but there were a lot of people out there with these initials. Then one name fit too perfectly, Thornton Kesterton. His family history is linked to Dr. Regana herself. You see, Thornton's father is Aldridge Kesterton, who's expected to have relation to the body collectors and the Ripper murders. Aldridge moved his family to the Midwest, specifically Cary, Ohio, where he got the job of a handyman at the school his son was attending. Based on some newspaper clippings that I was able to find, Aldridge got the kids to take part in a ritual that involved candles, mirrors, and chanting. Despite pressure from his father to join them, Thornton refused to take part in it. The ritual causes Miss Worthington's disappearance, leaving behind only blood and scattered pieces of the mirror. When Thornton grew up, he began traveling the world and became a gem trader. From pieces of his journal he kept, I could find out that he developed a fear of viruses, fire, and cannibalism. McPherson was later hired to take pictures of Thornton to find out he was smuggling diamonds and gems into the country. This would end up giving him the fear of being contained. Dr. Ragana had an appointment with Thornton on August 18th. He was hoping to get over his fear of containment. But Dr. Ragana had other plans. Whether she knew of his family history and the connection is not known. Agana straps Thornton to a chair with incinerated jets on his back and legs. Mirrors surround him, perhaps a sick way for her to view him from multiple angles. She turns on the jet and Thornton is burned alive. Agana keeps mentioning something about us in the tapes as if there's someone else in the room with her. I don't know what's going on with her, but it seems that she's descending into madness. Hart, what do you have for us? I had initials VS and CK. When we initially got the journal entries, the first thing I wanted to do was find out which patient was a part of the astronaut recruiting program and a Navy pilot. With some connections, I was able to pull a list of recruits from the program. I looked for all the initials, which led me down some dead ends, but VS led me exactly where I needed it to. VS is a Lieutenant Von Stubler who served in the U.S. Navy. Lieutenant Von Stubler suffered from psychological distress, according to the Navy, and was facing a Section 8 discharge, which also led to his rejection from the astronaut program. George Von Stubler, the lieutenant's father, took him to Dr. Christian Kubsch, who was unable to help. George had been debating taking his son to Dr. Ghana, but knowing how unethical Dr. Ghana's practices were, he warned him not to. George goes against this warning and takes the lieutenant to Dr. Ghana on July 15th. According to Dr. Ghana's journal, Von Steller suffered from night terrors and constant visions of undefined symbols that he felt were connected to an impending catastrophe. From the tapes we were able to obtain, it would seem as though Dr. Ghana had strapped Von Steller's head in place and forced his eyes open with an optical speculum. His left hand was also strapped down while his right hand was left free. Dr. Agana showed him a series of photographs, hoping that he would draw the various symbols on the paper with his right hand. Instead, Von Stubler panicked and attempted to free himself, thus injuring his left eye. Dr. Agana also sent Von Stubler to a private facility 
with immediate medical attention, but kept the fountain pen he used to carve strange, otherworldly symbols into himself. With the information on von Stebler, I was able to find the initial CK, as most of these initials are connected to each other. Dr. Christian Kubsch would uh, happen to be one of the members of the board that denied Dr. Ghana's funding. The journal entry specifically states that he was an NAMH board member. He suffered from tomophobia and necrophobia. I decided I needed to elaborate on this. I went to the library and began researching the last name Kubsch. It isn't a very common name, and it doesn't seem to be the true family name. The true family name is Chapman. Christian is related to George Chapman, who did the autopsy on two of the Jack the Ripper victims. But due to the suspicion he was involved in their death, he falsified their death certificates. Chapman fled to the United States and changed his last name to Cubsh. He would return to England years later for unknown reasons and was hanged as he was discovered as an accomplice to the body collectors. This prior history lends itself to his fear of operations and cadavers. Only through the tapes would I find out what happened to Dr. Cubsh. This time, Dr. Ghana had completely snapped. She kidnapped him, forced him to look at her previously dead patients that surrounded him. She promised to release him by stating her name three times, but drilled into him before he could repeat it for a third time. We have to get to Boris. If he truly went to see her, it's too late. We need to get this evidence back to the department. No one is going to believe us. This is outrageous. A fear doctor gone completely mad? What if this is all linked to her grandmother? He might have a point here. Her grandmother died in what, 1908? Dr. Ghana only recently got a hold of the heirlooms and is suddenly going mad and seemingly worse and worse. We have to put this into a timeline that we can look at. All right, okay. Okay, August 27th, 1908. Mary Worthington passes away due to the Halloween prank, but her body is never found. June 20th, 1958, Dr. Ragana receives a letter that her mother has died and is given the heirlooms and music box. June 25th, Dr. Ragana is denied funding, and then what? July 9th, Eileen Harrell has an appointment with Dr. Ragana, which leaves her in a private facility with medical attention. July 15th, Lieutenant Von Stiebler has an appointment with Dr. Ragana, which leaves him injured and sent to a private facility as well. July 22nd, Charlie McPherson has his appointment which takes his life and causes Boris to start investigating. Okay, July 30th, Johnny Deedle has his appointment with Dr. Ghana, who loses his life to hanging. August 8th, Diane Bennett has her appointment with Dr. Ghana. She repeats the safe word, but it ends up costing her her life. August 18th, Kesterson has an appointment with the Ghana and is thus incinerated by flames from the crematory jet. August 20th, Dr. Christian Cubs is kidnapped by Dr. Ghana and drilled into, seemingly for revenge, which brings us to tonight, August 27th, 1958, and Boris has made an appointment with Dr. Agana. But she loses tonight. Fifty years. What are you two on about? Mary Worthington. She disappeared fifty years ago to this day. Nobody found it all. Suddenly her granddaughters also by the name of Mary receives her heirlooms and goes insane. Boris just so happens to have an appointment on the same day fifty years later. She loses. She disappears. Even if we get to the department, they won't find her. There's something bigger going on here. The door opens as the bloodied, exhausted Boris steps through. His clothes are torn and his eyes wide and bloodshot. He drops a mirrored shard on the ground. A group of detectives stare at him in shock. Boris? What the hell happened? Next time on Schuster Files.
The gang teams up to find facts behind a mysterious disappearance of a BBC crew in Louisiana. Could it deal with the House of Horrors history from years ago? Whatever happened to John Schmidt? Find out this and more on Schuster Files. This is Dan. A local psychiatrist known for experimental and immersive fear therapy is assumed dead after a confrontation with a patient today in her office. Not much is known of the events that took place, but rumors are swirling of bizarre treatment and murders of patients. When police arrived at the scene, they found mirror shards and blood as evidence. Is local legend Boris Schuster somehow involved? More on the evening news. (laughs) 